Hello everyone, uh, this is Kerwin and my buddy, Andro. and today, uh, welcome to episode 15 of What's Happening in Travel. Boy, isn't that such a better name? I don't have to think about it, I don't fumble it anymore, it's so much easier. So um, today we, we have a lot of been happening in the aviation industry um, the past week, and so we have so much content that we're, we're going to have to do two shows. So we'll do uh, this is episode 15 and we'll do 16 in a little bit. But we're going to jump right into it and we're going to talk about airlines. So um, the first thing we want to talk about is that British Airways has had its first revenue flight off the 787-10. So what do you know about that, Kisho? Um Again, a lot of these topics I feel are very subjective because they're of interest to us, may not be newsworthy <laughs> to so many other people, but this is our show, so we get to choose. There you go, the unless topic. you're an advocate. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought this was interesting, especially to start an inaugural of an aircraft type during this time. But they flew it yesterday, July 6th, uh, from uh, London Heathrow to Dallas, Fort Worth of all places. Oh. Um, yeah, for a nine-hour, eleven-minute-ish flight, um, this aircraft was delivered a little while ago, and was the first of twelve that they have on order. And um, I think what's most noteworthy, if you will, is the um, the new club world, as they're calling it, the new club suite. Mm -hmm. Now this is all forward-facing because the old club world had a few backward, rearward facing yeah. seats as well. But this is all um, forward facing and they have individual sort of walls, but not walls, okay. sort of um, like little suites as they call yeah. them. Do you know why they and, did the, you know why they did the facing thing? They didn't just keep them all, because uh, they, they normally had the two outer ones face normal and the two inner ones i think face backwards it was in the center also that yeah. they had facing backwards yeah the four because so. they, they normally have four in the center and the two inside would face backwards and the two outside would face forward i think so that would be on the 747 this is okay. probably two 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 yeah on the seven eight yeah i never knew why they did so. the backward thing but supposedly facing yeah. is safer but Carry and on. it was probably more efficient in terms of space. They could yeah. put a lot more seats. Um, but anyway, this has uh, a 48, 35, 165 capacity. So 165 in uh, economy, 35 in the equivalent of economy plus, and uh, 48 in uh, club suites. So no first and class, huh? No first class, okay. no. I think those are gone after the 380s. Hmm. So, and who knows when they will put those back in service. Yeah. But anyway, they have 12 in, on order, and I believe they have two aircraft um, at London Heathrow. Oh, okay. So, so, so I thought so, that was moderately interesting. That is actually pretty cool. And the fact that they, um, they did the Dallas service, they probably had two people on board, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. Because I know there's not a lot of people doing UK to US travel. And you can see that because um, LA, LA Heathrow, I think I looked at it a few days ago and it still only had like three flights on it. 
So mm. which tells me that there is no there is no demand from um, US to the UK. Um, so who else operates? I cannot imagine. Sorry, I cannot imagine any tourists wanting to come to Texas at this point in time. Yeah, that would be a negative infection rate. So, but I'm sure they knew what they were doing. Yeah, it was. They probably had to bring some cargo, and they figured, yeah. you know what? Why don't we just do it? It'll be a proving run, quote unquote. Um, oh. Yeah, go. Oh, it goes. Um, I guess the other thing too. Who else operates the Dash Ten? Uh, I know United does. United does. Um, Singapore Airlines, but okay. they do it more on a regional basis within Asia. Okay. Um, I think there are a few other carriers. Um, Etihad, I believe, has it. Does it dash well. 10? Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was, um, when I was using my miles to do that New York-Singapore trip, I was trying to go a little further and I wanted to take, uh, I think I was trying to go to somewhere else in Asia. But um, I okay. didn't get a I didn't get a chance to and, and the dash ten the Singapore dash ten showed up in the schedules. Um, all right, cool. So hopefully yeah. one day we'll get to do. I have you flown the dash ten yet? Yes. Okay. I the did United it. Aircraft. Yeah, I did it New York to LA. I think it was on on UA as well. Not yeah. much different. It's just a longer plane, a longer seventy seven, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So, and if any of you guys have flown the Dash 10, you know, uh, leave us a note or drop us an email or something and let us know what you think. If you thought it was a different ride or same ride or anything like that, especially if you've flown the British Airways one. So the next thing we have is that um, Qantas is doing a whole bunch of stuff. Um, they've had their last or they're going to have their last 747-400 flights. So tell, tell us about that. Um, the last revenue flight was in late March from yeah. Santiago in Chile to Sydney. And this is just, um, I think, for aviation enthusiasts, um, the 13th, 15th, and 17th of July from um, Sydney, Brisbane, and Canberra, of all places. Hmm. Not Melbourne, but I believe Melbourne is, is in a bit of a lockdown right now with the virus. So uh, that may have been one reason why they did not have the flights from there, but they're for an hour. They go on sale at noon, I believe on the 8th of July. And they're not exactly cheap because they're 400 US dollars for a one hour flight in economy. It's the 400 Kushro. And it's appropriately $747 in business. Yes. Uh, well, and makes... don't forget the 747 for business. Yeah, that, well, that That's, makes sense, right? Yes. Yeah. And of course, the flight number is QF7474, the yes. last one. And uh, so, yeah, it's been 50 years, um, uh, actually a little less than that, 50 years for the 747. And they started in 1971, Qantas did. Wow. So, yeah, they're calling these the Jumbo Joy flights. Oh, uh, so, I thought that was sort of nice. Yeah, so where they, they I mean, and what are the, what are the routings? They're just going to fly around. Okay, flights to they're nowhere? No yeah, flights to nowhere. And they're going to donate profits to two aviation museums in Australia. Ah, okay. Which is a nice touch. Yeah. So. Oh, see, that's very, that's very, very, right. very cool. Yep. Um, so. It's a shame to see them go. It really is. So, so you know, Qantas does a flight to nowhere at 
Christmas time, right? I think it's no, it's not New Year's Eve. They basically the go South Pole or something like that. Fly to the South Pole and back, and then um, I think people get to move. I think you get to move to the other side or something. Okay. One and one thing I should point side. out that they're not filling this these flights to capacity. Yeah. So they they didn't exactly say how full they were going to let them book up to, but right. there will be open seats. Uh, that'll be so, cool. So, so what's replacing yeah. the seven four sevens? Um, for now, it's going to be the seven eight nine. Oh wow! So that's all uh, they have, really. And yeah. I'm not sure if the three thirties have the legs to come to the U.S. But um, yeah, the seven eight nine because the three eighties are gone for now. Wow. Okay. So, and I guess speaking right. of that. Um, uh, they have, uh, Qantas has, yeah, you have other news on Qantas in terms of long-haul flights, right? Yeah, they just announced that, sort of in a vague statement, that they were stopping all long-haul international until the end of the year, which is pretty significant, I think. Yeah. Now, what that means, they have not specified, but they may change that as well, because okay. everything keeps getting updated. But this is outside of the bubble that they have with New right. Zealand. Exactly. And that makes sense because so, the, the country is basically locked down. Um, the only place that yeah. people can go outside of Australia is New Zealand. And uh, one of my friends is a travel blogger. He's been doing some, some flying, well, not flying, he's driving. He's been driving around and kind of showing people stuff about, about mm -hmm. Australia. Because um, for the most part, they don't have a coronavirus issue. I think they've kind of yeah. figured yeah. They've it. managed to contain it very well. Yeah, so so it makes sense that they, which is probably why they're getting rid of the seven four sevens because they're just costing their money sitting there because they can't fly them anywhere. Yeah, um, geez, what a mess we're in, huh? Uh, as more cancellations, um, uh, there's word that Elal is canceling some flights. What's what's the They've details on that one? Completely grounded themselves until the end of July now. Uh, because they keep moving this target for when they'll get back into the air. Yeah. But again, I think that's pretty significant. Not a single flight from LL. But no. uh, I guess they're being cautious. Yeah. And uh, this latest date was announced just a few days ago, actually. Which makes sense. So who knows if they will extend it. Wow. And also, they have a lot of traffic from New York. Uh, that's exactly right. That's 40 yeah. aircraft they have in their fleet. So, um, it would it would make yeah. sense. It would make sense that they that they did that. You know, it's so as much as I want us to get back into the air, but um, I I applaud the decisions that some of the airlines are actually making to look, to you know what, let's just make sure everything is in place to make sure that people are safe when they're traveling. Um, and I get the whole economy thing and all that. Yeah, but a lot of people are scared to fly, Kusho. I mean, they're yes. very, yes. very scared That's to fly. Right. And if people are, I mean, you know, you see a lot of planes, not a lot of planes, but some planes are full, but it's only on, on some routes. The majority of the people just aren't going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and it's just because they don't feel safe and I can't, I can't blame them. So yeah. I, I don't think people are going to fly until we get a vaccine or something. Um, no. And speaking of that too, is so Qatar is starting to require face shields and masks. What's the details? And 
what is amazing to me is that they are providing it. They're giving you face shields, face masks, gloves, sanitizing wipes, and uh, I believe some um, some of the, the sanitizing liquid. Yeah. Which is, I think, fairly significant. I don't know how much this is costing them, but um, at least they're going to be safe. Yeah. The one thing is, um, one difference is that you are mandated to wear these at all times, except eating and drinking in coach, in economy. But in business, you have the option of not wearing them because the reason that there's more space, especially the in these queue suites, uh-huh. seats that they have, yeah. that you're not really required to wear a face shield and or a face mask. But, exactly. um, yeah. yeah. No, and I mean, they will, hand, of course, hand this out. Sorry. They will, of course, hand these out prior to boarding. And the crew will wear safety goggles, uh, face masks, um, gloves, of course, and uh, disposable um, protective clothing over their uniforms. So they really going the extra step to make sure these flights are as safe as possible because they're going back into their regular schedule in a big way, yeah. very aggressively in July. But, so they're not coming nice to, they're, but they're not coming to the U.S. anyway, right? I don't think um, they are. I believe they are. They're going I to Canada, though. Are. I know they're going to Canada. Yes, you are, I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, going they're going to, to Toronto. Toronto, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if they're coming here. Oh. Uh, so I, you know, I applaud. People are going to say, well, you know, they're Middle East, so they have money. Well, actually, Qatar is having financial issues, which is why they parked a lot of their planes and stuff like that. Yeah. However, though, um, I think it's, it's the airlines have to be responsible. Um, you cannot just throw your hands up in the air and say, oh, we're not going to enforce rules and stuff like that. Because what you're doing is you are helping to spread the virus. The virus is here. It's not going away. It's not going away, it seems, for a little while until we can figure out how to mitigate it. So um, I do applaud these airlines when they do things like that. And people say that, you know, um, you're preaching fear, but people are scared. And the only way you're going to get people to fly again is if you try to protect them. Um, you know, and I don't know any other carrier that's going this distance. No. With face I mean, shields, because I'm sure those things are not cheap. I mean, sure in the overall yeah, scheme yeah. of things, probably, but still. And I'm assuming they incinerate those when they're done? I have you, no idea. You can't reuse them. I mean, it's, really like, know. it's like after each international flight, all that trash gets incinerated. Um, yep. So I can't see you reusing that. I know they clean the reclean the blankets and the pillowcases and stuff like that, but I can't see yeah. them reusing those uh, face shields. Um, but as you speak, it depends how people treat them also. Yeah. Oh, right. oh I mean, you know, people are gonna. The kids are gonna. They're gonna get broken. Uh, yep. I assume they use some kind of plexiglass where it's it doesn't shatter when it gets broken and stuff like that, because that could get. You know. Yep. Um, and I hope they recycle them if they can. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe maybe we'll send an email to Qatar's PR people and ask them. Matter of fact, you know, they I normally get emails from them. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up and say, hey, so tell me more about these yeah. issues. Um, so there we have it. Uh, one more airline thing. In the middle of all this, um, <laughs> we have a new airline. <laughs> tell us about that. <laughs> this is actually what you brought to my attention. <laughs> I mean, I'd heard about it, and I'm a little bit of a cynic, I'm afraid. But it's going to be based out of Quebec in Canada. And it has the unusual name of OWG. And, Which means? Uh, I'm not sure. I actually looked it up, and some people have speculated that it stands for Onwards We Go. Okay. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. But it started by Nolinor, which has long been a Canadian charter operation. And I believe they go to the far north of Canada. Um, so where the yields, I'm sure, are much, much higher yes. than what they are expecting for yeah. this OWG carrier. They're expecting it to be um, get people excited about flying. Now, I know a lot of this is corporate speak. But on a 737-400, I doubt that's going to be possible because they're known to be maintenance hogs, those aircraft. I mean, they're amazing planes, but they're also 50 years old plus. So I don't see them going very far. Maybe the United States and maybe the Northern Caribbean. Uh, because I don't think the 734 has that much range as the 738. And I was thinking perhaps Iceland, but um, I honestly don't see this airline <laughs> surviving more than one or two years. But, I mean, I could be wrong. Because it's, it reminds me of Mitsubishi. Yeah, They were an extremely profitable company till they started to... Um, go into this MRJ aircraft program. And this sort of brings to mind that phrase that how do you make a million dollars in aviation? You start out with a billion. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I hope I'm wrong, but I do see this going the same way. Because Air Canada and WestJet are not going to just stand by and let them take over all these uh, leisure routes that they are aiming for. But who knows? Well, I, I, you know that um, there's also Soup. So that's a low-cost carrier that's in there. Yes, that's right. And Flair. And Flair. And there was another one that went belly up. I don't know. Canada so. comes up. So one of the things we have to do, we have to talk about Canadian aviation. So uh, we have all these little pockets that we need to speak about. So the, the first one we're going to do is about Caribbean aviation. Then we're probably going to have to do Canadian aviation. And then we'll probably do U.S. aviation at some point, um, but that one's just going to be so big. But I think we need, we need to do those little pockets because then that would give you an idea of all these airlines and where they are. Um, talking about OWG, so Nolinor, they did, uh, the, the, um, the Canadian government, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for, chartered those 747-400s to go to, if it's not Europe, it might actually be Northern Africa. So this is Nolino? Yes. I thought they only had 734s. Yes. 
And so it was interesting because they had to make multiple stops. So I think oh, so not a seven four four, a seven three four. A seven three four, yeah. And yeah, people, okay. people were bitching about it. Pardon the expression that the airplane was old, and um, and all kinds of stuff. People were talking about it, but they 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 use it for repatriation flights, and okay. they had to they had to do like a, I think in one direction. This was before this COVID issue. This was or? during this was during COVID. So, okay. So okay. as a result of COVID they operated charter flights to repatriate Canadians um, back home. Hmm. Okay. In the 734. And it was actually in Europe because I remember people saying, you know, well, how the heck do you get a 737-400 across Europe? And they had made multiple hops, multiple stops as they, hmm. they went over. Um, the thing about these repatriation flights is there's been so many of them. And I've actually had two friends who's flown in these repatriation flights and I've asked them to see if they will come on and talk about them. And I think we'll get a little insight into what that, into what that means, because lots of people don't really understand. First, I don't know what repatriation means, which is simply just people who are natives or resident citizens of one country who are living in another country doing emergencies, the governments do charter flights to take them back to their country residence because normally air travel is stopped. And uh, these flights are not free, uh, and they do cost a little yeah. more than normal. Actually, but, a lot more. A lot more, exactly. Yeah. Um, I've taken in both all sorts of baggage restrictions and other limitations because yeah. they know you need it. You need to use this. Exactly. And the purpose is to get you home, not you and your stuff. <laughs> so that's, that's right. That's, that's exactly right. Why they have all that. And what they do, like the embassies, will have uh, information on, the, on their websites that tells you um, that you can sign up for these flights and how you can pay for them. And I believe in the US they were saying, uh, if, you, if you can't afford it, we will bill you. And this is something that you have to pay once you, once you get back. This is not, oh, take me home and yeah. I'll pay you later. And I won't pay you later. You have to pay them for that flight. Because it's not free. And they do have to play the airline that's actually doing it to take you back. And uh, I know in, yeah. the, in the U.S. we have this thing called, um, oh, geez, it was just in my head. It's a thing where whenever you fly, you register with it. And so you're basically you register with the embassy of the United States for the country that you're going to. So let's say you're going to the U.K. You would uh, fill this thing out that says, hey, U.K., I'm a U.S. citizen and I'm here. So if anything happens and they need to evacuate, they can actually contact you and say yeah. you can be on the evacuation. I think that's through the embassies, right? It's through the embassies, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, what the program I know what you called. mean. It's something uh, traveler. Yes. Um, so. uh, oddly enough, when I went to the New York Times travel show in January, uh, I was talking to a guy from the, uh, the State Department, and he was telling me all about how it works. Little did we know that it was going to be used only a few weeks yeah. uh, from there. Um, okay, so that's, so, OW, so that's OWG. We're going to see what's going to happen with them. I don't know what's wrong with these airlines. It's like, yeah, I just don't know. A lot of, a lot of egotistical rich people. It's like, come on, you already, I don't know. Let me not get into it. Then we have Breeze here in the, U in the U.S., but I believe they have pushed this 
uh, start update to 2021 now. Uh, yes. Because they were going to start with the 220, mm-hmm. the Airbus 220, which mm-hmm. was the old um, Bombardier aircraft. Um, yeah. But they, So yes, they pushed their inaugural back to 2021. Uh, and I think it's still going to be with the E-Jets, the Embraer jets. Yeah. So, and, and, and if you're not familiar, Breeze is, um, the guy who started JetBlue is the one who's, um, who's Azul in Brazil uh, as well. Yes, yeah, so he went to Brazil, he did Azul, which is actually doing quite well. Although yeah. now they're no longer domestic, they're actually flying international now, right? Yep, they're going to Portugal and I think, believe Florida as well. <laughs> I don't understand these guys. It's like, you have a good thing going, right? And now you go, well, Brazilians already can get to the United States. Uh, they're flying Gold, which was actually a low-cost carrier. Gold started just like Azul, small, and then they're growing. Hmm. And we know what happens. You start small, you grow, you mess up, and then you get go into bankruptcy. The cycle happens every time. It never changes. But these guys just never... They, I actually thought Gold is actually doing well. Yeah. They've got an extensive network. Yeah, so, they do. And Azul is now a partner with um, Tam. United. Tam. Oh, okay. And, and, uh, and they actually own part of TAP. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, uh, so, so, basically, so basically, probably what they did was they bought some of the routes that TAP had so they could run, so they could fly that. And, who, and is, it, is it the TAP planes that are running that? Or is it Azul? No, no that are it's Azul. That? They've got the A330s. Okay, the Neos? So, I don't believe the Neos are in yet. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, th- so that's another one. We have to do um, South American aviation. But South American aviation is huge. It would take us like, it's an entire continent, so this would take us a long time. So we probably have to do it by countries. Although aviation in South America, um, it's the same, it looks like the same airline to you, but they're registered in each of the different countries. So there's that land yeah. Peru, land Chile. Uh, well, there's no land anymore, is it? No longer land anymore. <laughs> Latam. It's now Latam. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. too funny. But um, so that's all we have for airlines this week. We're going to have a short episode. And then tomorrow, we're going to have another episode. And then we, we'll talk more about uh, aircraft manufacturers. Uh, we'll talk about some stuff that's going on in the airports. But today, we wanted to get this airline stuff out to you because that's the kind of stuff that's uh, pressing. Was that, that was all we had for airlines, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. All right. Good. Brilliant. So, um, this... Actually, I don't know if this is appropriate. We can also talk about American Airlines moving to T5 at London Heathrow, which... Oh. Again, may not mean a lot to a lot of people, but I think it's pretty significant because... Uh, uh, all right, so here, let us leave that for tomorrow. Okay. We'll stick that in the episode for tomorrow. So stay tuned for episode 16, where we're going to talk about um, airports. And when we talk about airports, we're going to talk about airlines that are moving terminals, such as American because uh, that's going to take us longer than the time that we have today. Because uh, I have a lot of, lot of that's thoughts. A, that's on, a fair point. I have a lot of thoughts on that. So then we'll do that. So um, this is uh, Kerwin and Kushro uh, signing off today for another episode of What's Happening in Travel. Uh, don't forget to download and um, uh, share. The, we're, we're on Spotify. Uh, we should be on Google Play by now. 
Um, we're on iTunes and we're on Stitcher. So these are all the, the, the big ones. Just search for what's happening in travel or search for Kerwin or search for Kushro and uh, you'll be able to find, find us on there. So um, we appreciate it. Uh, we thank you very much for listening to us. And this has been another episode of What's Happening in Travel with Kushro and 